You're listening to the Get Fucking Real Show. Strap in as your host, Lisa Cherney, takes you on a ride full of GFR moments. From powerful messages to exclusive interviews to untold stories of super shitty moments before big successes. And even real-life confessions. Lisa's been mentoring millionaire entrepreneurs for over 20 years, coaching top coaches and tapping her mighty woo-woo side to mentor the best of the best spiritual peeps. It's time to bring on the straight talk from successful, soulful entrepreneurs, inspiring you to live without regrets, to create your legacy, and be unapologetically you. And now, it's time to GFR. Life is too short to be a slave to your own dream Cause I'm working too hard And I want to feel so alive I jump out of bed because I love my life Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive Being myself, clarity will arrive So I'll stand out and be J-U-I-C-Y Hello, welcome to the GFR show. I am so excited to have you here and we are going to go on another GFR adventure because that's what we do around here. And we're going to kick it off with one of our thought provoking questions. And that is, what does love have to do with being successful in business? Well, this is a question that stumped our guest for quite a long time. Her name is Katrina Sawa, and she is known for the Jumpstart Your Marketing Sales Business Speaker and Author System. And she has been doing this conscious entrepreneur, mission-driven entrepreneur coaching thing for just about as long as I have. And we talk about the longevity that we have and what it takes and the boundaries you need to set. And one of my favorite quotes is she says, I tell myself, get the fuck out of the office. (laughs) That would definitely be the way that I would talk to myself too. Her bottom really was around a dating and realizing after a horrible breakup that she had a lot to learn about love. And one thing led to another, and she hired a mentor whose big piece of advice to her for a year was just be love, Katrina, just be love. And she was like, How do you do that? And now she is the love yourself successful expert. She has a book by that name. The freebie that she gives as a gift um, is by that name. She gives an audio um, where she talks about the four types of love. And I just, I just really appreciate connecting love with business and the power of that. And you know, when I met her, we met about gosh, 12 years ago when she joined a mastermind that I was helping to run. And she was just that like, do, 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 go, go, go person. And it's beautiful to reunite with her and feel her softness. And um, she's in a new relationship. It's not new to her, but it was new to me um, with her hubby, Jason. And they have been through the ringer a bit, which has really made them stronger. And, and she says, like, I just, I have my priorities straight. I'm all about making sure that I have free time and time to spend with him and my stepdaughter. So you will hear the journey that she went on and she has a couple more really great mantras. And without further ado, Miss Katrina Sawa. Katrina Sawa, welcome to the GFR show. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> I am I am so excited to be here. Now I feel I'm looking at the, for those of the are looking at her on video, there is a background of books. 
Now she, as you heard in the intro, she's written 14 books. Are they all there? Uh, one is missing. I don't have it in print yet. Yes. Oh, okay. So I'm looking at all of your books behind you and I was trying to place myself. When did I enter your life? At what book? How many had you written up to that point? Three. Probably. Three. Okay. But it was, they were just compilations where I wrote a chapter in each one. Ah, uh, so, yeah. Okay. Great. Great. And so, you know, it's always interesting to talk to people that are prolific writers because books sort of mark different times in their life. Would you say that's true Definitely. for you? Definitely. I mean, the first one I was in was a huge, probably the most I spent on a, well, no, the second most money I've spent on a book, but I didn't know what I didn't know at the time. And, and it was a great opportunity. Not that it's about the money, but yeah. And now I just have friends that are doing books all the time. So I'm in theirs, they're in mine. And I don't plan to be in all these books, but it just happens organically now. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, that's fun. And I even forget to even say, because my only book is a compilation book that was done. It was Christine Closer, who's yeah. one of our former guests. It was her first compilation book that mm. she did back in the day. And it's a fun way to get started with books. I it think. is. It is. And now I do one every year where I get to publish authors for the first time. So it's super fun to watch them get all excited. <laughs> yes, it is really, really fun. Okay, so I'm excited, so excited to have this time with you just to learn more about you and your story because, you know, we do go back at least 10 years. So we have lived a lot of, are you, are you thinking about that? <laughs> yeah, like 2008 or 2009, somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know it because one of our other GFR show guests, Lisa Sasevich, it was when she and I were working together that you came into that program. And I know that she and I worked together for 10 years and you came in the first class. That's my thinking. And you were rocking and rolling it long before that, for sure. You know, when we were talking about being on the show, I always tell people like my podcast is different than other podcasts. We're not talking about your expertise. We're talking about your story. And so I remember when I said, okay, how does that sound to you? And you're like, oh, I got stuff. <laughs> I got stuff to share. We all have stuff, right? Some of us choose to share it all the time. Some of us wait for, you know, moments like this. <laughs> yes. Yes. We all have stories, right? And we all have stuff that we can share. And that's one of the things that I love about my GFR squad membership, because we get together once a month and we pick one of the GFR commandments. And for some of them, it is the only time that they actually talk about stuff. Mm. And I think it's so powerful you know, when we do. Yeah. That's why I've been in mastermind programs for years and years and why I run one. It's because you got to let the shit fly. You have to, <laughs> you have to get yes. open and really be real and raw often. Otherwise it gets bottled up and you shove it down and it affects what you're doing in your life and your business. Yeah, for sure. How old were you when you first connected with that idea that I need to be real and raw and I need to share my stuff? <laughs> well, I think even in my 20s, I was real and raw. Now, I don't, I didn't know what I didn't know back then, but I would, I had no filter. I was worse then than I am now, of course, in our <laughs> 20s. And thank God there wasn't any video in my 20s. Um, right. Because I would have been on Girls Gone Wild. Instead, I'm, I'm in the book now, Women Gone Wild, but Girls Gone Wild is like, yeah, no, that would have been me because I just had no filter. I would tell people to fuck off or, you know, go out and party wherever. Yeah. We don't have to go any longer down the 20 year old path though. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> of course it makes me want to, but we'll, we'll move on from there. 
<laughs> so how old were you when you got married? My first starter marriage was when I was 27. And I thought, oh, I'm old enough. Some people get married really early, 1920. Oh, you're a mistake. You're, you know, that's a mistake because you don't know who you are yet, right? And then at 27, I thought, oh, I know who I am. This is perfect. I'm marrying the guy. He loves me. We're a good compatible gay. <laughs> it's funny when you said to me, some people get married 1920. And I thought 1920, like the 1920s. <laughs> So some people get married. Yeah. Uh, some of those 19, people last 20. a long time, but the majority you look at and go, oh God, please wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So your 20s was like, I have no filter and I'm too young to get married. But 27 felt like there was something in you that felt like, you know, this, you, that you knew enough. Yeah. I thought I knew what I thought I knew. And I thought I knew, was good. Yeah. I had a lot of ego issues. <laughs> A big ego, let's just say. <laughs> Still today or back then? Um, I had it all the way through until I had this one mentor in 2008 who kicked it out of my head, like who kicked me down, but brought me back up. It was good. Yeah. And it was always good to have mentors kick our ass. Yeah. yeah. That's good. <laughs> so, so big ego, fresh off her twenties, gets married. And how long were you married? was married to him for eight and a half years, two years too long. And yeah, I, I learned, I think hmm, three or four years after I got divorced, what I did wrong. Although I thought when we broke up, it was him, not me. Right? Ah. Like, I thought, oh, it's you, not me. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me. There's everything you're wrong. With. So then I went through some relationship workshops and learned, oh, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> These are all the things that played a part with what I did wrong. And it wasn't, it's not funny. It's, you know, it, it's a lot of things that women do uh, when they're independent, confident, outgoing. Uh, unfortunately, it's emasculation, right? It's emasculating. And I didn't know that I was doing that at the time when I learned that, oh shit, that's what I was doing. I stopped. And I changed my ways, right? And really put in some practices on how to be different around that. Were you always somebody who was like willing to call yourself out and like learn about yourself? No, no. Was it the marriage? Was it the divorce that like inspired that part? Um, I it was those relationship workshops, and it was more than just relationships. I mean the lady that teaches them is, has been doing them for 30 something years. And so it was a real eye opener to myself, my own habits around relationships, but also how I was being in the world. And it was my first real self-development type training, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's always interesting to see what inspires the like foray into personal development or, you know, that personal exploration, you know, what is going to be like the triggering event? Yeah. The trigger was the online dating world sucked, you know? <laughs> after, ah, oh, so divorce. it wasn't right after the divorce. I need to learn about no. myself. Yeah. Ah, it's okay. It Tell me more about dating. that. <laughs> yeah. And I just kept ugh, finding the wrong guys and and the ones I wanted didn't want me. The ones that, that wanted me, I didn't want. And, you know, I had all this expectation of what I wanted in a, in a guy at the time. And it was probably a little bit more superficial than, than I should have been looking for at that time. 
And I just, I learned a lot. And um, <laughs> I had my heart broken on my 40th birthday by a guy who I thought was going to be the one for the rest of my life. And that just sent me, just sent me for a loop. I was in a really deep depression around that for four months and had to live in my girlfriend's spare bedroom with my, well, at the time, I think it was a 10-year-old German shepherd, uh, Zeke. And I, you know, I worked out of her house for four months because I had a house before, but it was rented. And so I couldn't get back into it. And um, I had moved in with this guy that I thought was going to be the guy and it wasn't. So it broke my heart and it made me realize, holy shit, I need to do something different. Like something's going on. And that's when I did these uh, courses. Awesome. Good for you. Really yeah. good for you. Yeah. So, and so have you always been an entrepreneur? Only since I was 35. So 2002, I started my own business. What's funny though, is I was in advertising sales for a local newspaper, which was a base plus commission job, right? So I had a base of income coming in. It was only probably 1500 or 2000. I don't even remember, but I was always top in sales. So I made good money. The funny thing is I was so good at what I did. The radio station was trying to steal me away and sell advertising for radio, but they were commission only. And I'm like, oh no, I can't do commission only. I need my base. I need my security, right? And then here I am in my own business. There's no base. That's a really good point. <laughs> right. So it's really funny how I was like so adamant against that. <laughs> yeah. And so one of the things that I really appreciate about you is that, and, and I'm the same way, I say that like when I work with people, it's a holistic endeavor. We're not just looking at the silo of your business and ignoring the rest of your life. And I've heard you say this multiple times that you just, everything affects your business. Like everything affects your business. So I appreciate kind of connecting in with, oh, when you're going through that divorce and the dating and breaking your heart, the whole time you were trying to make, you were had your business and you were yes. making a go of it. Yeah. When I started my business, I was in that starter marriage and that was the pivotal point for the marriage because I started learning all about the things that we learn, like what else is possible and how much money you can make. And I had, I needed to go to workshops and hire mentors because I didn't know what I didn't know. And I would be excited and bring that back to my my husband at the time, who was like, well, you need to make money, you need to make money first, and then you can go do the $3,000 workshop and the $3,000 website and the whatever. And I said, well, no, it doesn't work that way. I got to go learn what to do to do the thing. And and he didn't get, agree. He was the employee mindset, whereas I started getting into the entrepreneur mindset, totally different. And we just didn't see eye to eye. And he wasn't open to learning about what I was learning. And it felt very alone. And we ended up just living like roommates basically for two years. And I cried myself to sleep every night because I was not supported. We were not intimate. And it was, it was sad. Yeah. Yeah. I've been married now 23 years and my husband and I often will talk about like we've had different phases in our marriage because we've hit similar walls as other people have. And honestly, sometimes I just feel like it's fucking miracle. Like, I like, yes, we're both, you know, willing to do the work and we're like, yes, like all that, but like 
still, we've met each other. We were 23. We're like completely, completely different people than we were. And it's like, you just, I don't know that you can count. I don't know. You can't, I don't know that you can really count on that or find nothing's a guarantee, you know? So I'm just, I'm so grateful that, cause I've been there too. Like with the, like, cause I had a job when we met, I had a job and uh, like three years into our marriage, I got laid off for the third time in two years. And I came home and I was like, I'm not getting another job. I want to follow my dream. And he was like, what the fuck dream are you talking about? Because you did this morning when you left, you didn't have a dream and now you have a dream. And it was like, I caught the entrepreneur bug and it was something like that could have ended our marriage right yeah. there. My first $20,000 investment could have ended our marriage, but it, you know, it didn't. <laughs> you have to be willing to grow together and you have to be willing to listen intently to your partner. And not everybody is willing and open to do that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that is, you know, people like, oh, what's the secret? You know, it's always like, it's like, I let, like, we each allowed each other to like, do our things, you know, like to have the growing pains and have the adventures. And like, you just can't keep somebody else in the box. That's your comfort zone. (laughs) Yeah, you do need, and you don't want to just spring it on them. You want to be talking about it over time right away. Don't hold it in. This is what's really important because all of a sudden it will be, where did this come from? It's out of left field. Right. And then you're ready to fly. And they're like, no, can you just put on the training reels first? You know? So you want to, you want to ease people into things. Yes. Yeah. I think ideally, but it doesn't always happen that way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and even like my current husband now we'll go to workshops together and now he has his own business too. He has two, three, really. We have one together. It doesn't have to be on employee entrepreneur, entrepreneur together. It can be entrepreneur and employee together. As long as you have good communication and you allow each other to really follow your passion, your purpose with uh, practical goals and investments, I will say, because some people just fly off and do random things without a plan. And that's not necessarily the best deal. I agree. So what is the business you have with your husband? Uh, Well, during COVID, we weren't able to go traveling, right? And we want to go on at least two vacations a year. We want to go on, you know, weekend getaways. We go to places. And uh, so we were getting really stir crazy. And I said, what can we do? So we rented a couple RVs and would go camping and things like that. And it's more glamping, of course, because you're in the RV with the the toilet, you know, the bathroom (laughs) and the bed and no bugs. And so we said, huh, if we're renting RVs, I'll bet other people are. What if we got an RV and we rented it out? So we bought an RV at the beginning of uh, 2021. It was more like a travel trailer. So it was either RV that you drive and there was a huge decision. Do we, do we get one that we drive or do we get one that we tow? If we tow, we have to get a truck too. So we had right. to get a t- travel trailer and a truck because we only had an SUV and something that wouldn't tow. Anyway, so we've got this travel trailer now. We've been glamping for a few months, uh, once a month, and we just stuck it on uh, to be rented. And so we're like just in the beginning stages of, oh, crap, you know, is anybody going to mess with our trailer? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you know, so... We're in that little boat, but you could make quite a bit of money doing yes, that as you a can. side gig. Yeah. You know, I have my Unmentor program and I have about 22 people in there. And at one point last year, mm-hmm. six of them 
had bought RVs or travel yeah. trailer or yeah. like the little, like the little uh-huh. tea. I don't know if they call it teacup or tea drop, teardrop little trip. Anyway, they were all talking about it. Like it was, I couldn't yeah. believe how many people. Yeah. So very, very I smart. Know. It's gone huge. And I'm in Northern California. And so there's a lot of fires out here in the last few years. I mean, RVs have been hard to find. We actually had, we were going out of state just to try to find one that we could buy. And uh, it was crazy how many people are using them here because of the fires. Yeah. So that's cool to um, have a business with your husband. My husband and I used to think that we could work together (laughs) until we tried it. When he had his chiropractic practice and I was trying to help him with his marketing. And now we know we, we just cooked dinner last night and we were following a recipe and we were arguing on step one. <laughs> we're just so both leaders and know the right way. And so like, well, he's mostly doing it all. I just, I'm helping with some of the wording on the web page, marketing. <laughs> marketing and the organization of the details and stuff like that to a certain extent. Yeah but he's going to head it up because I'm pretty much full practice. And uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's a good transition back to your business and the, and the growth of your business. So you come through your divorce and you, and you had that heartbreak when you were 40 and you take these courses, you're learning a lot about yourself and now you're ready to take your business to the next level. So it's like, you know, I think it was around 2008 that you, you know, really started to kind of like step it up. So yeah. Can you, can you share what that was like? I was actually really pissed because I'd been in business for like six years and I still hadn't hit six figures yet. And I was like, what the F am I doing wrong? What do I, <laughs> else do I need to do? Tell me what I need to do. Cause I'm you are a doer. Work. I mean, it's something I, I remember doer. about you. You are yeah. a doer. <laughs> I'm like, I have the website. I have the right sales pages. I have opt-ins and lead generation and funnels and all this stuff. We didn't even call them funnels then. And I was going to the networking. I was speaking. I was doing follow-up. I was doing sales calls. I couldn't. And I had a higher end program and everything. And I was like, what the F? And so I hired this mentor that year to help me. I said, he said he could help me get to six figures and show me what to do. Little did I know that he was going to show me what to be, how to be instead of how to do. And I'm like, all year long, I was so frustrated because I was like, I would go to my masterminds or calls with him and what do I need to do? You guys, this is all I'm doing. Tell me like, what do you see? What's missing? Da, 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 you know? And they'd be like, just be Katrina. Just be. You need to be love. Look at you. Because I would get up in front. You can't see me right now, but but I would get up in front and I would do all these hand gestures and I would touch my body and all this stuff. And they're like, Katrina, you just need to be love. Like, I don't know why they said love and not just be, but they're like, be love, be love. The whole year. I was like, what the fuck is be love? I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. Like, how am I supposed to be love or just be? And somehow along the line, osmosis set in and I started being more instead of just doing. I didn't do anything different that year other than engage in this group who helped me. And at the end of the year, Lo and behold, I hit six figures. (laughs) And uh, that was actually the year that I met that heartbreak guy. So he came in at at that year and and left uh, in 2010, which was my 40th. But yes, and that was really fun because talk about investing. You invested big too. We both have along the way. 
And one of the, I mean, I've probably invested over $250,000 in mentors, masterminds, workshops, whatever. And the year that I met the the guy who I thought was going to be the one, I went out to a conference and invested $50,000 in an opportunity to go uh, meet Oprah's radio show producer and watch the Oprah show and be in the audience and I don't know what else came with it, but Oprah was the big thing, right? I'm right. like, Oprah, okay, $50,000, here you go. And wow. I'm like, shit, now I got to tell, first of all, my financial planner to move money. Secondly, I got to tell the guy I just started dating that I just invested $50,000. He's going to think I'm insane because he's a sheriff and he has no idea about <laughs> entrepreneurialism. And it was not a good, I mean, it was a rocky, it was weird. It was weird energy ever since then. <laughs> And did you, did you do the thing? Did you go to Oprah and do that whole thing? I did. I actually went and met her radio show producer. We had a call. It was me and this other gal. And uh, while I was in the studio, Oprah Harper studios, the law of attraction show host for her show, for her studio said, we don't have a guest today. They backed out. Who do you have? And we were standing right there and we're like, well, Hello, I could be on the show because, you know, and so it's funny because I put out before I went there, I said, well, I'm going to at least be on her radio show. Like, that's my intention of going yeah. here is to be on the radio show. And then, boom, it happened right while I was there. I got interviewed and I was on the and show. And ironically, it was on the Law of Attraction I show. know, right? <laughs> so it was so freaking Law of Attraction crazy, like how that happened. And then, of course, I got a speaking gig because of it and a whole bunch of other things snowballed. And, yes. you know, you just when you do stuff like that, your energy changes, your confidence changes. Yes. It just, you know, internally things changed and, yeah, made a ripple effect. Yes. I call it giving the universe a green light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And it was really just having faith, having faith that this is a good opportunity. Some, a lot of things will happen because of it. It's having faith. My whole, since I left my first marriage, I left on faith, right? That'll all work out in the end, which ironically was the title of my chapter in 2006 and my very first book that I did with Allie Brown. So it'll all work out in the end. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> that was like a subconscious yeah. rule for me that I wrote about in 2006 and been living ever since. It was since. a prophecy. It was a prophecy. Right? Okay, right. So yeah, so that is, just, I got goosebumps just talking about it all. Yes. Oh my God. I love all that. So when they would say, just be love, you said, I don't know how to do that. So now if I ask you, how do you just be love? What would you say? You, how does one do that? Yes. Or how did you do it? What were some of the doing aspects of being love? So the doing aspects of being love, we're going to events when like, whether you're the speaker or an attendee or whatever, and just walking into the room and being really open, being really open, not trying to figure out who to talk to, but being open to whoever came to you. And I remember at that event that the one event I'm thinking of, I met this gal in the bathroom, <laughs> of course, because that's where we all meet people. Yeah is in the bathroom. We had a 20 minute conversation in the ladies restroom at this conference. And she started crying towards the end because I was getting to the heart of what her real issue that was. She was there, right? This is what most speakers do from stage. I did it in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. (laughs) And she was there supposedly to grow her business and make more money. Right. And what we uncovered was she did not feel sexy. She did not feel sexy. She had gained weight 
and just didn't feel sexy anymore. She was single and it really affects you. I know you and I have talked about this before. And so when we went back into the room, it wasn't my event, mind you. I was coaching with the guy whose event it was, but I had no, I went up to the DJ or the event producer and said, you know, if you have any opportunity to do this, play the song, I've got your sexy back, or what's that song by Justin Timberlake? Um, Sorry. I forget. You know I'm what I not, mean though? The sexy I know back what song. you mean. Yes. So I said, play that song when you can. And then we were up and we were talking and, and the guy was on stage and they played that song. And I stood up and I pointed to her from across the <laughs> room of 250 people. And I said, oh yes, you. And then we started dancing. The whole room started I'm dancing. Chills. But I called her out on it and it was just really good. And my mentor on stage had no idea what was going on. Sorry, but <laughs> I had to do it for her. She needed yeah. that. You know, and I bet a bunch of people in there needed it. It was all full of women, right? Yeah. got issues. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm smiling so much because I remember, like, I don't remember what year. I feel like you and I have some parallels. So I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if it was around the same time? But I remember the time where I said, I am not going to be trying to prove myself anymore. I'm done. I'm not proving myself. I'm sick of like trying and pushing and like, I remember going to events and just being like, you know, wow, I got a business cards and I got to do this. And I got, you know, and kind of like always just, just on high alert, you know? And then I, like, I really remember saying like, I'm done proving myself. I've arrived. I've decided I've arrived. I don't need to prove myself anymore. And I'm just going to be. And so I love hearing that specific example, because I remember from that moment on going to events and networking meetings and just being different. Just mm-hmm. showing up, being like, okay, universe, sit me at the right table because I'm I don't want to stress about where I'm supposed to sit and exactly. you know, connect me with the right people. And that I is it. it. That is being love. And I would just be caught like a lot of times when you do go to events and you sit down for lunch and there's this big luncheons happening, you gravitate towards people you know. Well, I like to go and sit at tables where I yeah. know no one. Yes. And that's what I was doing. And there was always somebody at the table who who needed my uh, who needed something. As usually it was around the book that I have the Love Yourself Successful book because there was always something going on with them that their confidence, self-esteem, whatever. And I always say like you have to look at the love side of your life, which is love in your life, love for what you're doing, love uh, with a significant other and love for yourself. So that affects how much money you make in your business, frankly. So there's the love side and there's the money side and you need you need both. You can't, yes. put, you can't hide your head in the sand around one or the other. I completely concur. And, you know, get fucking real as easily be called love yourself, love yourself much, so much fucking right. more. Exactly. It's <laughs> yeah. totally true. And yeah, figure out just, where you're not fucking loving yourself. <laughs> it is. It's the, it's a similar message. For yes. Sure. Yes. So did you ever find love? I did. I did. So the funniest thing is I told in January of 2012, I said, okay, I proclaimed this is the year I'm going to find my Mr. Right. And I had one more of those relationship workshops to do. I had two already in the books 
one was already set for like April or something like that. So you did that. that for a while. So there was a few years of that. There was that a couple journey. years of those relationship workshops because they don't schedule them all the time. Right. Yeah. So yeah. That's I had great to fly though. down to LA or wherever and do them. And uh, so in January, I said, I'm going to find him this year. I hired a matchmaker. I did not hire a coach or a business coach or a mentor or a mastermind that year. You heard, do it for me. Do it for me. (laughs) Right. I I spent $6,000 on a matchmaking service. And I don't recommend the one I did. But the point is that I was all in, right? Okay. I did a matchmaking service. I had these other relationship workshops, which totaled to over $6,000 with travel and all that. And then I was on four different online dating sites. I was on two paid and two free. Okay. I was working it. So about you were determined. Yeah. I was like, and you were being love at this point. So that's I was being love at this point. (laughs) I was, I had a mantra even when I was dating after I learned about this because I'm so masculine energy, even though I dress feminine, I look feminine on makeup and jewelry and all that fun stuff um, and dresses. I always thought, oh, I'm feminine, but it, I clearly was more masculine, right? Because I'm very independent. And so I, my mantra before I walked into a date or got on a phone with somebody was I'm fun and flirty, feminine and fabulous. I'm fun and flirty, feminine and fabulous. And I would say that over and over and over to myself until I fucking believed it. And then, <laughs> and then I would go in with that energy into that date or into that thing instead of with my fucking list of 43 things that I wanted in a man. <laughs> That sounds like a much better plan, right? Yeah. To find the man, it was a much better plan. (laughs) So that, uh, and then within six months, I met Jason, who I'm currently married to on June 27th, 2012. So within six months of being all in, like, this is what you do with your business too. You go all in, you hire the thing, you do the thing, you invest. And I did it with my dating and boop, it produced the result I wanted. And we're nine years in now. So Jason, yay, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so you're nine years in now. And so I happen to know that he proposed in 2014 yes. during one of your live events or after, or how did that happen? Uh, on stage. So at the time I was doing two live events a year, it was the love and money live event. So love and money, right? <laughs> so I had a panel um, one day for love. And so I had a couple I had a relationship coach and I forget mindset coach probably. And um, I forget who else was on there because he was on there. Okay. <laughs> as my significant other talking about relationships in business and your significant other. So you had your significant other on the panel. Yes, I did. Event. Yes. And yes. how long had you been together? before he got to be on the panel two years okay all right that's the credential <laughs> under two years and we weren't when we weren't married or anything so he he gets he starts talking and he looks a little nervous and I'm sitting up on the stool and they're all in the chairs right so I'm high up and uh he gets up and I'm like what are you doing why are you standing and he <laughs> yeah. kneels down and he proposes oh, and says God. the sweetest thing and I don't really remember what it, he said and so <laughs> this is what's funny because I told him because I thought he was going to propose at some point I said if you ever propose to me please make sure there is videotape because I will forget <laughs> what you said I remember <laughs> So he coordinated with my event planner beforehand and even a couple of my girlfriends and told them what he was doing and when it was happening. And uh, they didn't show up, but they were thinking of showing up to the event. And I would have freaked out, of course, if they showed up. But uh, my event planner made sure that that everything was on video. So 
That's amazing. Yeah. That's but, amazing. Yeah, it was good. It was really funny. And everybody, I mean, it sold, I sold a lot of stuff. <laughs> 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 that shit <laughs> sells. <laughs> yeah, love sells. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, and my, speaking of love sells, the first event, solo event that I did was also, was 2012 around the same time. And I had my mom speak at my event on the third day and she's just delightful. And I think people just love seeing our relationship and our connection and everything. And yeah. And I got a lot of great members that year. (laughs) Yes. When you can do that, it's, it's a good strategy, but also it's just good and authentic, you know, right. Exactly. Win-win all around. Yeah. That wasn't my first event, but he's been at every event ever since. So he is now my, cause he's also a voiceover talent artist. So So please be seated in five minutes. Like, so he's my MC and my tech guy and he comes to all the events and that's yeah. awesome my husband does the opening intro voiceover for the show oh good yeah, yeah I heard yeah. it it was awesome yeah that's my hubby yeah <laughs> so then was it happily ever after after he proposed yeah well three weeks after he proposed unfortunately he got diagnosed with throat cancer oh my gosh and since you know he's still around he did beat it yes yeah Um, throat cancer wow throat cancer he didn't smoke either it was uh in his tonsil and he found a lump in his neck never avoid a lump i never um ignore a lump ignore a lump people because my mom just got one too and now she has cancer so he waited though like almost a year to get it checked out I know he's like oh this lump and it didn't occur to me because we were so young um I think he was 42 or something or no I was 42 he was 43 at the time and we thought oh we didn't even think twice about it because we weren't even in a lot of circles with people that we know are getting cancer of course now we are we're in our 50s but not then and so he waited and when he went in, he found out it was cancer and it was aggressive. So they went radiation, chemo, like it was weekly, daily for eight weeks. And so I pretty much just had to put my business on autopilot and take care of him, which thankfully I already had on autopilot and I already had a team, which is so critical to get set up before you need it and was able to go to most of his treatments and you know, I did go out of town a couple of times during his treatments, but I had friends step in for me and it was, it was really scary. Cause I thought, Oh my God, I just found the man. He can't leave me. Yeah. You can't leave me. Oh yeah. And he didn't. He worked he really did. hard at obedient. Cause he had a daughter. He has, a, I have a stepdaughter. So he had a daughter and I think he did it for her and me. And she would have been like four at the time. So that's oh. super young. Yeah. 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 And so how long was that journey? It was about a year until we found out that he was fully clear. Yeah. You, know, you have to keep going back. So there's always that fear yes. Yes. Um, that something could go awry. And so the fear was there with us for a year at least. And then of course there's, you know, we're, we were still up until probably a year or two ago, we'd always still be worried about that test, right? That yes. every six month test. Yes. And so what was it like? And I'll just share that my mom is just through her second Mm -hmm. cancer journey, 35 years after her first cancer journey, which was breast cancer. So she was diagnosed in November, 2020. 
and surgery, chemo, the whole thing, and just finished chemo. I think it was the end of May. And I remember when she, we first got the diagnosis, it looked like really, really bad. And for a, like a few days that I lived in that space until after that, we just kept getting good news because it started out so bad that after that, any any news like that, it wasn't as bad as that was like good news. And it kept getting better and better. And they, she had this massive surgery that cleared it all out because she's super strong and was able to endure that and then chemo. But in the in the few days where I was living with the possibility of her not being here very much longer, it was super confronting, as anyone might expect. And I just kept like in my fear moments, I was just like, how am I going to run my business? How am I going to, because I'm so authentic and transparent and like wear my heart on my sleeve. It's like, how am I going to do this? And my mom is fighting for her life. And like, that was like, there was this whole sort of narrative there. So I'm just curious, like, how did you keep your business going when this person that was such a big person in your life, like, you know, like it's just like takes up so much energy and space and yeah. So just like, what do you want to share about that? Well, I think I'm one of those who responds well in a crisis. And so I kind of kicked into this is what needs to be done. The doing came out, right? So the doing of me came out. What do I need to do? Okay. The two or three hours that I can work every day when he comes back and goes to sleep, just get it done. right? Right. Whereas I think Honestly, I think about this almost every day is like, I'm wasting a lot of time doing shit that I don't need to do. I need to focus, focus, Katrina, get that email out, get that thing done, you know, get that form filled out and get the fuck out of my office. Like, this is what I tell myself every day. And I think <laughs> I I'll cuss more on this show than I think Yay! I've done in my, six <laughs> my job is done. <laughs> I I mean, seriously, just because I'm so freaking passionate about you got to set the business up the right way from the start with systems, with team, with automation, with your website being the hub of your business, with templates, with every you have to. If you wait till it's too late and something happens, you're screwed because money isn't going to just take a dive right? I had auto payments coming in. I had clients already and I love payment plans. Payment plans are the best thing. Some people don't want them. I'm like, you're crazy. It's automatic revenue every single month. Unless yeah, I do monthly. I have people set up on monthly payments. Yeah. I like, nobody says you should do that, but I'm like, Hey, getting no. people to pay monthly. Hey, Almost it makes it easier everybody for <laughs> I work with is on monthly payments and I've got all kinds of money coming in all throughout the month. So, I mean, I, anymore, I don't have to worry about paying a bill or doing this unless, well, except for like a year ago, I had a $30,000 tax bill and that wasn't expecting. So other than that, <laughs> so, you know, I just, I just really focused on what was going to move the needle, which yeah. if that's all we did every day in our business, yeah. we'd be working two, three hours a day. Yes. Right? But yes. we're filling it up with all this other shit that doesn't even make a difference. Yes. Yes. So it sounded like you had to get really clear and probably say a lot of no's yep. and let I it go of a lot of stuff. It made I things did. crystal clear for you. Yeah. Because I had to spend half my day in chemo with him yeah. at the hospital. Yeah. I love that. I would do what I need to do to get the fuck out of my office. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, my office that behind me are two double doors. Everyone always thinks it's a closet. That's my office door. And I am on the ground floor, right coming in the garage. Like it's like past the bathroom. If I'm watching TV and I got to go to the bathroom, I'm running past my office and I have to, I just close those doors, close those doors 
I need to build doors. I built oh, a wall. When we moved into this house three and a half years ago, there was this huge front room that we were never going to use because we were using the family room next to the kitchen, right? Yeah. And so we built a wall. So we'd have a little bar room and then we have my office space, but we didn't build a door. We need a door. But at the time, my husband had a job and he was working out of the home. And so nobody would ever be home during work hours unless it was like at five or six and I was doing something late. So it didn't matter. But now he's a voiceover artist. He has to record. Uh, now he, you know, he's here all the time. And yes. uh, like he has to step, you know, tip on his tippy toes around just because I'm on podcasts or whatever. So we need a door. That's need the a next door. big house project. All right. Yeah. Keep me posted <laughs> on that. <laughs> and I certainly know what it's like. He's yes. always and here. I totally relate to that. Mine's by the front door. And luckily I don't have to go towards this. I don't have to pass it every day like you do. Cause then I'd be like, oh, there's one more thing I need to do. There's one more thing that I forgot. Or I can just slip in here and do an email real quick. No, because that's like an hour and a half. Right. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. I love the wisdom of coming from someone who's been in this around as long as I have. You know, mm-hmm. there's just you know, when I was saying I did a free, what I call them, generous interactive event on Friday called the Marketing Reset Retreat. And I said in my little intro for people that don't know me, I was like, I have been doing this for 22 years. And there is credibility just in the longevity. Yes. You know, like paying myself consistently for 22 years in this crazy fucking world of online, you know, marketing and online businesses. And I really want people that are new and looking at people that are new on the scene and not that they, you know, I'm not like that. They don't know anything because they're new. It's not that it's just, there is something, there is credential and experience and highly valuable aspect of somebody and a mentor or coach that has longevity because you've navigated phases. You've navigated life shit. You like you've navigated like, I don't want to do that anything more. And like, and now I'm completely rebranding. I've done that twice, two or no, three times. Right. And that's just, that's what happens when you've been doing a mission-based thing for a long time, you evolve and there's just, you know, so I, I appreciate uh, your longevity that you have had and all the, cha- the chapters that you've had. Yes. I've rebranded too. And I've done, I don't know, nine different websites in 19 years and, Oh my God. I've created websites. I didn't even start. I've spent tens of thousands of dollars on technology. Fucking hey, It's annoying. Yeah. But it's, annoying. it's a must. It's yes. going to, it's going to be the thing that and team technology and team are the two things that are going to get you through a crisis in your life is having a team to keep the marketing going, keeping the flow of people and the follow-up and the messaging and your message and your connection and relationships. And it's the technology that's going to make that happen. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money, but you got to set that shit up. I'm so passionate about that. And what I've noticed in our reconnecting and over the last few months, we've had some meetings and we've navigating. I still very much experience you as being really connected in your business. Like I think what I see, I think is a trend that I don't resonate with is creating distance you know, between you and the clients and having team and automation, like that's where my seven figure business, that's one of the things that had me close it down because I just felt like I had just created so many layers and so much complexity. And now I just really appreciate being able to be really personable and handle things personally. So 
like I hear you have a lot of team, but my experience of you still is that like our interactions have been direct. So th- I think oh, that's yeah. about, it's a very delicate thing to balance. It is. I mean, you can have team do certain things, but you have to do certain things too. And it's a little different for everybody. What you're referring to with being out of the business a little bit is sometimes people will hire co-coaches if they're a coach and they'll have other people coach their clients. And I just never chose that route. I could have certified coaches to do what I do, but I don't know. I just, I love what I do. And I love that they get me. Cause I think part of it too, is I'm a little resentful that I didn't get some of the time of my coaches uh, because they had that set up. Yes. So there was a little resentment in there that I didn't get what I wanted and needed and they didn't see that I needed it, which is the bigger thing. Yeah. I was just, just before we got on this podcast, talking with a client that I'd worked with for a couple of years and she's like taking a break and we're talking about possibly reconnecting again. And I said, you know, if we do this, she wants to focus on her marketing. So we'll use my unlaunch structure. I said, if you want to look at focus on, I want to talk with you weekly. I want to make sure that I could give you as much support as I feel you need. And I'm no, like it feels stressful and inauthentic for me to not create a very generous type of connection. And that's fun for me, intimacy. And I didn't know that what I had created was not very intimate. Not, I mean, just just not as intimate as I am now. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's a good point. It's in, it is intimate with your clients and people will do, build the leverage programs. And I've done that and I've had that. But what they really need though, for the people yeah. that I work with is they need that one-on-one. They need me to tell them what to do or show them what's different or show them what's possible. And they need that specific wording or thought process for them. The generalization of the training is not what people need, especially in the business world, I think. Yeah. And as seasoned people that have tried all the other stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and because you also have a love parallel space that you're holding for people as I do as well, they need love. For every, they need love. They need to be loved on, like, you know, yeah. to have that space held of where does love fit and where are they not, you know? So I really yeah. appreciate that about you. Yeah. When I find somebody's not doing the things that they need yes. to do successfully, it's usually something about the love side of their life, right? Yep. Yeah. So and for me, it's out, about okay, where are they not GFR? Why aren't you doing this? Why are you resisting? And, <laughs> yeah. you know, one of my biggest things is just stop it. <laughs> stop it. I love that. She's holding up like a button that says stop it. I anyway, love I have it. a button and it actually is my words. That I can play it, but it's, uh, oh my God. Play I, it. Play it. I want to hear these it. out like crazy. Okay. Stop it. Just stop it. That's what the stop it button says. It's like a little mini easy button. I love it. It says that. And so I I just got these this last year from my event, uh, swag box, right? I I want one. And yeah, it's the favorite thing. And people are like, oh my God, my bat, I need a new battery now because my kids were hitting it all day long. (laughs) My husband hits it. And so yeah, it's fun. That's fun. (laughs) Awesome. So my intuition is saying to end with this, kind of bringing back around to your starter marriage, you said you were in there two years too long. And you said that you were settling, settling for less than you deserve. So what would you say to somebody who is currently settling for less than they deserve? Mm. Stop it. Just stop it. You got this. 
Uh, well, it can be just that simple for other yes. people. It's not that simple. I get it. And I'm and I'm just making fun, but it's no joke to settle, right? And what I mean by is settling is like tolerating. Tolerating GFR is GFR commandment number one. Don't right? compromise. And the confession question is what am I tolerating? Such a yes. powerful question. Yeah. You, you and I ask myself that every once in a while. It was uh so it's either a significant other. Sometimes it's a, I call them toxic people in your life. That doesn't mean we don't love them and they don't love us or they're not nice people. It just means they're toxic to our entrepreneurial energy because mm. they're not supportive hundred percent, or they're saying one thing, but doing the other, or they say, oh, I support you, but you need to go back and get a job or, oh, I support you, but you can't go um, to that workshop because you don't have the money yet. And we can't take it out of savings for you. Those are things that are not supportive. And that's settling and you don't have to settle. And even if you have kids, I'm a product of divorce. I turned out fine. Now I have some issues, but don't we all? Okay. But overall, I'm fine. And uh, my husband still was worried about that with his daughter. Like, oh my God, you know, I can't leave my marriage because of her for Riley. And, and she's better off, even though every once in a while she says, I wish you guys didn't get divorced. And that oh stabs me. Right. Yeah. But they're so incompatible. You can't stay with someone someone who you're incompatible with, who isn't willing to listen to your needs, your desires, your, you know, and they change, like you said, over time, like when you, when I got married in 27, I was completely different at 35. That's only seven, eight years later. Right. And you just can't settle in a relationship in a job. I see people settling in a job and like, Oh, I'm just, I'm going to wait five more years until I get my settlement or my retirement or my, whatever my lifetime benefits, but I'm miserable, right? Yeah. Well, stop being miserable and leave now life is better and it will be better and you will make more money and there are endless possibilities. Yeah. Preach girl, preach. <laughs> Seriously, people settle. I see it all the time. Or they tolerate something. They tolerate a nasty coworker. They tolerate a crappy client who doesn't pay them. Stop it. Fire them. Right. And you'll find a better one. They're worried about letting go of that money. Well, you're not getting it anyways, or you're getting abused by the person. Let them go. You know, you'll open yourself up to be, to attracting a better person. Yes. Yeah. Goodness said it better myself. I love it. That was an awesome, awesome rant. I love it. (laughs) And people say to me all the time, like, you give me permission. And I feel like that's what you just did. So I really appreciate that about you. And this has been a delight, Katrina. Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny (laughs) on the settling part. On my very first event in 2009, it was called Love and Money Business Summit. And I had proclaimed it at Christine Closer's event, frankly, in January of 2009, that I was going to hold this event. The reason I did the event was so I could write the freaking book. Okay. I thought, oh, if I plan an event, I'll get the curriculum out and that'll be the book. And that didn't happen. But the point is that I did the Love and Money Business Summit. And four of the people that came to that, four of the ladies that came to that event came because they were unhappy in their relationship, their marriage. All four of them went back and did ultimatums to their husband. And now this is not a divorce workshop. Okay. This is a business workshop, but (laughs) they they are all divorced now. Okay. Because we called it, we called it, they knew it. They just, they all divorced at different periods of time, right? Some held on longer than others. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. And divorce is the only answer. Of course, communication is the best answer first, but if they're not going to gel with you, 
like let them go. You have to let people go, let things go so you can move on and live a better life. Amen, girl. Amen. (laughs) Thank you for all of your wisdom. It's been great catching up with you and uh, getting to know you more. And you're just a badass. And thank you for hanging in in there all these years so that we can benefit from your wisdom. Yes. Thank you. Well, thank you. You're a badass. Thank you. We're badasses (laughs) together. Yay. Come on, join us in badasshood. Yes. Join us in badasshood. Badass. Badasshood. Badassism. Badassism. I like that. Badassism. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That was so fun. (laughs) It was like a, like a reunion. Make sure you grab her Love Yourself Successful audio where she reviews the four types of love that she writes about in her book and how they affect you achieving more success in your business, except you have to be aware of them first. So grab that. And also, you'll definitely want to hear her bonus training that she does for the GFR squad called Creating Your Ultimate Lifestyle Business. And she has like four really good tips that she gives. And she's all about making sure that you have fun in your life and prioritize time with family and doing the things that you enjoy, which we are sometimes shitty about. (laughs) In fact, we had a recent conversation on our monthly community confession call with the GFR squad. We were talking about GFR commandment number two. And the confession question is, what doesn't feel good? And so many people talked about how I just don't do the things that feel good. And I really love to golf, but I never golf. And I love to sew, but I never sew. And I don't know why I don't do things that feel good. So maybe this will be a little bit of a wake up call. And if you also have that challenge, come and join the GFR squad and let's talk. (laughs) What's my Jersey accent? Let's talk about it. I would love to meet with you and meet you and be with you monthly on a GFR journey, which is a very worthwhile thing to be on. And if you are new to the show, please subscribe so you don't miss any more of these powerful, inspiring, motivating GFR stories. Bye for now.